Celeste. Oh, no. How's that 21 look, Celeste? Terrible. Oh, no, no, it looks good. Ah, I, took oh. it <laughs> I took it by accident. I did that too. Oh, the, the pain. No. It sucks. Welcome to Which Game First, where we explore the hilariously huge world of board games. Did we find any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out. First up this week, we try to pass the trash to the next guy in the hot potato style card game, No Thanks. Next up, Kabbalists, High Priests, and Heretics make Thursday game night wild in Cult of the Deep. And lastly, we duck in and out of traffic while dodging the fuzz in our rush to get to the airport in Taxi. I'm your host, Celeste Angelis, here with my decades-long gaming buddies, Evan Bernstein. Hello. Ed Povolitis. Hey, it's game time. And Mike Grenier. Charmed, I'm sure. Our first game up this week is No Thanks, designed by Torsten Gimler, published by Amigo in 2004. Number of players 3 to 7, ages 8 and up, playtime 20 minutes. Okay, Mike, tell us. What's in the box? The cover of the box isn't trying to fool anyone with flashy graphics or punchy taglines. It's just an image of some of the game components and the title phrase, no thanks, in a talk bubble. Inside, you'll find 33 cards numbered 3 to 35 and 55 plastic tokens. And that's what's in the box. Before we find out if no thanks is a yes, please, Evan, tell us the rules. No thanks is a card game designed to be as simple as it is engaging. The cards are numbered 3 through 35, and everyone starts with 11 chips. Nine cards are randomly removed from the deck, and you play with the deck of remaining cards. Turn over one card at a time, and the auction begins. Each turn, players have two options. Number one, play one of their chips to avoid picking up the current face-up card. And two, pick up the face-up card, and then you get any chips that have already been played along with the card. And then you get to turn the next card over. Play continues. Each card counts for a number of points equal to its face value. Runs of two or more cards only count as the lowest value in the run. And each chip is worth negative one point at the end of the game. Oh, and did I mention the lowest score wins? (laughs) (laughs) And then victory will be entirely yours. No thanks to the other players. (laughs) See what I did there? You're a comic genius. Oh, Oh, that's good. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. (laughs) We played this game on Board Game Arena. And Mm -hmm. it, it was one of our regular Thursday night games. And you can see it now on Facebook, our playthrough, or on YouTube. So, uh, it is a no-nonsense looking game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did the forward. one online have the, the one we played, that version, did it have two pictures of the numbers on it? Like a 26 and then another 26 upside down? Yeah, I believe Yes, it did. I think it did. <clears throat> yeah, not the best. <laughs> well, <laughs> at least they put little dots near the nines and the sixes so you could tell which direction those were going there, there's several nicer looking versions of this game if you wanted to buy a hard copy of it i think that's not my favorite looking uh version of the game so how's the play of this game guys i mean i, I think this game is about as simple game to learn as you can you look at the card and you can decide do you want it just grab it 
If you don't want it, you've got to put one of your tokens on it and say no thanks. <laughs> and it's fun to say, actually. No thanks. And you throw yeah. your chip down. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of a uh, home you go. <laughs> so you're kind of pushing the luck there. It's like, uh, like you only have a limited number of those chips. So like That's you right. say no thanks to it, you can only say no thanks so many times. So it's like, I don't want that card. I don't want that. Well, you know what? There's enough ships on it. Maybe I will take it now because that'll give me more ships. Oh, yeah. At a certain yeah. point, there's like a flood of chips where you go, yeah, I know this is a 26, but it has 10 chips on it <laughs> that I can get rid of other worse cards with later. Oh, my turn, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, I want this card. Hmm, do I want this card? <laughs> one chip on it. Yeah, how, how many more well, ships could it collect? It can't collect do that other, many. Do other people actually have enough ship to pass anymore? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Oh. Yeah, that's the other thing. True. <laughs> and it does have that random element, right? Because some cards are removed. Absolutely. And this is what makes every game different, is that nine cards come out, you don't know which ones, and it's very challenging to plan for those runs because again as i said in the instructions you only have to suffer the points on the lowest card of a run so if i have 18 17 16 i'm only going to count 16 i don't have to count the 17 or the 18 but let's <laughs> but let's say i got these the 18 and the 16 and then i have to hope the 17 comes up and that i can get it it may not even be in the deck <laughs> yeah, otherwise you got to count them both. Oh, then I have to count both brutal. the 18 and the 16. You have to take this card. You have to... Why? <laughs> because I don't want, want it, it. it. Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. Mike, you have to take this. Nope, sorry. Dang, what are you guys doing? Ed, We're giving Ed, Ed a ton yeah. of points and giving him a chance to get that middle one. Yeah, but if he doesn't get it, wow. If I don't get it, nah, well, I'm <laughs> out of this round, probably. Absolutely brutal. Yes. Yeah, you're yeah. really like praying the card comes out and so it really scares you whether or not you want to collect cards right <laughs> yeah right it takes it takes a real act of courage to grab two cards where there's one card missing in the middle uh, yes so let <laughs> and let's say i've used up all my tokens because i wanted to pass 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 and i have no tokens left guess what i have it. to take the card if i have mm -hmm. no tokens right. left. So you put yourself in a real precarious position if you drain your all your tokens. Oh, yeah, I, you always want to try to have a couple on them because you know they, they might not thirty might pop up. But, oh no, please! <laughs> yeah, no <way>. oh. <laughs> Painful. And Mike, I know you were really paying attention to everybody else's boards. Oh, you kind of have to because you know so you can do some dirty tricks like snatching that middle card out from somebody else or. Or, you know, seeing what cards that are bad that won't hurt them, taking those out of the mix before it gets to them. That's a big part of the, the push of luck. It's like, okay, I'm sitting on the 17 and the 16 is out. So no one's going to want those 16 points. But if you can let too many ships accumulate on it, mm -hmm. A, either somebody can be forced to take it because they don't have any more ships. Or B, they're going to say, you know what? Five ships is enough to make it worth it. Plus it's going to hurt him too. Ha ha. Oh, the tokens are hidden. <laughs> so good luck trying to keep track of every other player's <laughs> tokens as they're flying in and out. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if you're able to do it, you, you can get a distinct advantage in this game, but it's really hard to do. And, you know, I don't know how many Ed's holding. I don't know how many Celeste's holding even after just the second or third guard's been played. Yeah. Really tough to track. 
I don't track it to that degree, but you can kind of get a little bit of a sense. Like, okay, I know Mikey just took a card that had like six on it, you know, okay, mm-hmm. so he's going to have some for a while. But Evan, no, he hasn't taken a card in a while. He might not have many left. It's true. You can kind of like do that type of thing. Yeah, you kind of have to feel it out. And uh, I, I felt out Ed, um, even though he had some terrible cards in front of him, I had a really good set of low cards, but... Ed was hoarding those chips. <laughs> like, he would just, oh, it has six on it. I don't care what number it is. Scoop. Well, I was trying to build a sequence. So, it's like, so for me, it's like I'd let it accumulate a few chips. So, A, I get something out of it. And the more cards I get, the, the more chances I have of building sequences. Yeah, but one fail. <laughs> you got 28 and a 26. No, I, I think it came down. To, you know, I won because I managed to find the, the linker between two of my bigger sets. And I actually only took it with only a couple ships on it, for, oh, no, dreading that somebody might actually take it from me. Yeah, there's a lot of risk. There's a lot right. of risk. I did not feel great putting chips down and really trying to negotiate. Oh, do I keep the chips? Do I take the card? It seemed mm. like every single turn was just like pre- <laughs> like uncomfortable <Painful>. pressure. <laughs> yeah, it was like uncomfortable to play this game. <laughs> it's kind of funny because for me, it's, uh, that's what I like about it. It's such a simple game, but the decision of whether or not to take the card, while simple, it's a difficult choice. And I like that about it. Yep. You do like choices, Ed. Yes. I'm all about choices. I Like, it's a lot of random this year, but this, the, at least I have... I feel like um like I have a say in it because I can decide whether or not no thanks or I'm gonna take it and you no know, roll with it as it were. Mm-hmm. Now it's my choice to do it, so that's why I like that little that little sense of control that you have. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury no thanks. Evan? No thanks. Its strength is its accessibility to all game players, all ages, all skill levels. Anyone and everyone can play and enjoy this game. I'm not sure it has long legs. Some people might find it boring after a while, but despite that, dig it up. Mike? No Thanks is a simple game with some strategic choices, but I think I wrestled most of the fun out of it on my first playthrough. Uh, I'd suggest giving it a try, but for the long haul, I have to say bury it. Ed? I enjoy No Thanks. It's a light filler game that is easy to teach. And while there's a lot of luck in this game, the chip gives you a great feeling of agency with your choices. So I'll dig this up for another round. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, please, from Ed. I found this game, unfortunately, an exercise in frustration. (laughs) So I would say bury it and play bridge or spades instead. (laughs) If you have thoughts about new thanks or card games in general, let us know. We are at which game first on Instagram and all social media. Hey, everybody. Mm -hmm. Which game first is super excited to invite everyone to the board game design conference. Yeah, it's. Not a conference that somebody else is running. It's not something we're promoting for anyone else. This is our conference. Which Game First is hosting the Board Game Design Conference. It is online. Whether you're an established board game designer or a novice designer or just interested in games and how they're designed, this conference will bring you a world of knowledge to use. It's in May 2021, and you can get your tickets right now. You'll get the opportunity to rub elbows, or at least mouses, with some of the biggest names in board games. 
that this is a virtual board game design conference. All of our panelists are extensively experienced game industry professionals. Our keynote speaker is Reiner Nesia. He is the imaginative brain behind Lost Cities and a world-renowned board game designer. He's ready to share his experiences and offer advice to up-and-comers just like you. And you don't even need to fly to Germany to see him. That's where he lives. No way. The best part of our conference is that it is virtual. You get the access to the best experts in the industry, all from the comfort of your own home. And we've assembled an exemplary team of pros from all over the world to get you the very best insights possible. You'll get live access to all 12 seminars running over the three weekends, starting on May 7th, including live Q&A with our presenters and access to recordings in case one slips through your fingers. And make sure not to miss our pre-show warm-up events hosted by Grant Lyon. <laughs> yeah, he's a cool guy. <laughs> and he has a great mustache. You don't want to miss that. <laughs> he does have quite the staff. Um, you, can see his, uh, you can see his great intro video on our website, boardgamedesignconference.com. You can go there and get... Uh, and go straight to get your ticket now, or you can see all about the presenters. You can read all about them. Um, you can check out the schedules so you know when to be there, uh, what time the live shows are. We believe strongly in supporting and offering educational opportunities for up-and-coming members of the game design community. We do. We're here to help you play to win. Additionally, Martin Wallace will be joining us as a special guest known for Age of Steam. Yes, and tons of black cubes. Yeah. Yeah, and for taxing right. me to death. <laughs> <laughs> so mark your calendars now. The Board Game Design Conference may be the most informative event you attend this year. I love the roster we put together. We put so much work into bringing all of these people together. You can check it out right now on BoardGameDesignConference.com. Take a look at all the presenters and their credentials. It's very impressive. Uh, and I really, really am excited to bring these guys to you uh, to learn and have a great time in May. You get the all-access pass for just $29.95. You can go right now and grab it. Uh, and again... It's BoardGameDesignConference.com. We will see you there. See you there. Woo! Yeah, yeah. Our next game up this week is Cult of the Deep, designed by Sam Stockton, published by BA Games in 2021. Number of players, 4 to 8, ages 13 and up. Playtime, 45 to 60 minutes. Okay, Mike, tell us, what's in this creepy box? The cover of the box shows a typical scene. Just a group of berobed cultists successfully summoning a Cthulhu-like creature from the briny deep that I'm sure will make their dreams come true and totally not eat them first. <laughs> cultists are so dumb. <laughs> Every time. I mean, what's wrong with you guys? <laughs> no surprises, you will be eaten. As you, <laughs> as you dive in deeper, you'll find five bags for coins and tokens. 32 coins that can be upgraded to metal coins. 64 life tokens. Four altar boards. 34 custom dice for wraiths, cultists, and the kraken. 34 tarot-sized cards for characters, roles, sigils, wraiths, and rituals. And eight reference cards. And that's what's in the box. Before we find out if this cult will have you chanting along, 
Evan, step up to the sacrificial altar <laughs> and present the rules. Nothing bad will happen to you. You'll be fine. No, thanks. <laughs> when you put it like that. All right. Cult of the Deep is a hidden roll dice game where you are a cultist trying to establish your faction's rise to power. It's also a social deduction game where you're trying to figure out which players are on your side or against you and your faction. You have to try to deduce this based on the actions of the other players. More specifically... Who are the other players attacking and who are they defending? But beware the all-powerful bluffing abilities of the other players. <laughs> Paying attention to the other players. What they're doing on every turn is the key to this deduction. A player will take a turn by first rolling their dice up to three times. Then they decide where to commit their dice. To rituals, to gain altar effects, to temporarily empower themselves. Maybe to finish a ritual in order to gain its powerful effects permanently. Maybe you want to stab other cultists. Maybe you want to gain life or give life to other cultists. <laughs> oh, you're scaring me, Ed. <laughs> if, and hey, if your character gets killed, no problem. You become a wraith. <laughs> and as a wraith, you can haunt your enemies and, and your allies. And the fun keeps going. With, that's, right. <laughs> that's right. Haunt them with special dice and abilities that are all your own. Players also receive one secret sigil card, which gives each cultist a once-per-game power. Very powerful. The game ends when any of the victory conditions are met, and the victory conditions vary depending on which type of player you are playing. And that's Cult of the Deep in a nutshell. Hmm. <laughs> it's a big nutshell. Yeah, it is. A lot to, <laughs> lot to unpack here. Yeah. Typical cult politics. Just <laughs> so yeah, sick of Everybody it. trying to stab everybody else back. I mean. Yeah, it's Washington, <laughs> D.C., yeah, by any other name. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's why all the cultists are coming around with daggers. You never know when you're going to need to stab somebody. I know, that's true. of that's course. True. Duh. <laughs> the company is your dagger. It's uh, standard. That's right. Here is your robe and your dagger. <laughs> yes. Get them at sign in. It's all folded oh, up. Oh, yes. And... <laughs> I, I, I'm a faithful. I'm a loyalist. Uh huh. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Oh, what's that behind you? <laughs> oh look a kraken <laughs> oh wait there really is a kraken oh, yeah. crap <laughs> I'm not falling for the kraken <laughs> thank goodness the game designer was with us to play this game <laughs> yes yeah. yes we did we were very glad to have him because this uh, game is thick on rules Oof. and really thick on art what would you guys think of it Beautiful. Uh, yeah. Uh, gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, really impressive. We played it on a t tabletop simulator. Tabletop yeah, simulator, yeah. With Sam Stockton. Uh, and mm -hmm. it was really nice to look at. So, this game is Hidden Roll, right, Ed? Hidden. Uh, yeah, Hidden Roll. So, kind of like, you know, your werewolf-style game where there's a... Uh, a bunch of villagers and werewolves and whatever, and, and this time one of them's a high priest, and there's uh, you know, people who are with you and people who are against you. Who's who? <laughs> yeah, you can you can do some good tricking in this game. I mean, you can really just fake out people by attacking people that you're working with and stuff like that. Yeah, you could heal the high priest, and uh, you know, just a couple points here and there, just to make them think that you know you're part of the same team. And yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And hope that he doesn't uh, kill you to death. <laughs> yeah. He's busy defending himself most of the time, though, because the high priest is 
a lot of the goals revolve around his survival or uh, demise. <laughs> and everyone gets to play right till the end, even if you get murdered. That's a great <laughs> yeah. part of, of this game is it keeps you engaged. Even when it's not your turn, you really are paying attention to what the other players are doing because of the social deduction aspect. You're really trying to figure out who the heck is on your side. Very important. And then maybe as important who your enemies are. Yeah. As a nice twist being able to uh, eliminate player elimination because you're on the werewolf style game. Somebody dies right in the very first turn and have to watch the rest of the game without actually really having to do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but in this case, you get the wraiths if you die. You become a wraith and you still have influence on what's going on with your own set of special dice and abilities. Blam! Wow! There you go, team. Oh nice gosh. job, team. I just wanted to see wow. what a wraith looks like. <laughs> just to see what your ghost looks like. That's it. <laughs> I just wanted to see what the insides of him looked like. Well, I was very curious. And Mike, the roles are asymmetrical, right? Totally. Like, and it's actually interesting because depending on your role, you'll have more information on who your friends and foes are. Like, for instance, the role I played, my only goal was to make sure that the high priest survived until the end. Uh, so I knew that everybody else was an enemy, but they don't necessarily know who their own allies are, the other people who are cultists and cabalists, etc. And how about those rituals? As as far as the rituals are concerned, they're really powerful things that you, you actually tick up as you go by using your dice. And depending on the different ritual, they use different sides of the custom dice that they have. And if you're not the one who finishes the ritual, you don't get the benefit from the ritual. Oh, I know. It's brutal. You're like, do I want to invest in this ritual or do I want to let the next? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a tough choice. And you have to use up your dice, so you have to use them somewhere. Right. Yes. So that, that's the thing. They may not want to, but you must. That may be the only place you can place those dice is advancing the rituals. Mm-hmm. You can kind of tell what somebody might do just by their specialty, because each person not only has a role, but they have a character that fills that role that has different abilities that they can use to maybe alter the dice or be better at rolling a certain type of dice, like attack or mm-hmm. summoning the Kraken. So mm-hmm. you can kind of estimate what they might do on their turn, but you can't really tell until those dice tumble. Uh, and, and those rituals are really powerful when you complete them. You often get a uh, game-altering benefit. Mm-hmm. Did anybody die while we were playing this game? Yes. <laughs> Ed did. Yeah. How was that? How was playing the Wraith, Ed? I mean, you, you get um, influence on the game still, but it's still not the same amount of influence you had while you were living. You're kind of like... Now you really have to roll the right dice and hope that they'll actually screw other people's plans up. So you, you're still in it. <laughs> yeah. But you, you definitely would have preferred it if you were alive. Well, right. It sort of is a consolation. But at the same time, it needs to be that. Otherwise, people would want to die to play the more powerful wraiths yeah, rather exactly. than other characters. Right, right. Yep. And you're mostly using the dice that you roll to assist people on their turn. You're not really doing stuff on your turn. It kind of skips you, but you use your dice to help somebody else. Or hinder. Or hinder. Or hinder. Yeah, that too. It's not a long game, but it feels lengthy for what's happening. And I don't mean that it's running too long. That's not what I mean. I mean, there's a lot going on in this Mm. game. And it's a long time to keep track of it all. Like 45 to 60 minutes is, I would say, ran obviously longer for us because we were learning the game and we're, we're us and we take a long time. But... Mm-hmm. Um, I think this game would easily run 60 for anybody, if not more. 
<clears throat> there's definitely a learning curve here. There's a lot of moving pieces. You have to learn your roles. You have to learn different rituals. You have to learn how to use the dice. Then you got your secret hidden sigil that you can use once per game. So you're trying to figure out when's the best time to trigger that surprise. All right, that's it. I'm calling my uh, my sigil. Oh, Sigil Town. I will read it. During any cultist response phase, force a cultist to reroll all their dice and keep their results. Oh, Sigil. Okay. <laughs> it was a pretty bad roll, so let's find out. No. So, <laughs> so I reroll all five dice. Yep. Is that right? You get lots of scrolls. Okay. Interesting. Ooh, it's worse. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of damage. Uh, yeah, that's uh, all right. Well, and all the time you're just trying to not give yourself away just by talking. Right. You've got to maintain the bluff the whole time. And it's kind of hard to ask a question like, um, like I'm not sure. I have this little thing on my my hidden card over here that says <laughs> yeah. this. Um, <laughs> when am I supposed to trigger that? How did that work? Yeah, it's very tough to keep your your role hidden on your first playthrough. Although nobody else really knows what all the roles do yet either. So it, it mm -hmm. kind of uh, balances out a little bit in that way. Well, if you're playing with all new people, but if you got one like really experienced person playing against a bunch of you know, you know noobs, then yeah. yeah. Make him the priest. <laughs> right, make him the high priest. priest. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's just cause every, he, everybody knows who he is. Yeah. yeah. So, Mike, was the Kraken a ritual? Uh, yeah, one of the rituals that comes out puts a Kraken into play, sort of, which basically every turn starts giving people Kraken dice. And those things are <laughs> yeah. rough. Like, it, it's just D4s. And when you roll them, just lose that much health. Blam. Oof. Nothing you yeah. can do about it uh. until you get rid of that card, which was very expensive to get rid of. And, you know, everybody would like to help, but also nobody wants to waste all the resources just doing that instead of trying to get to their goals. So it's a tough choice whether to invest in the Kraken card or not. <laughs> okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Cult of the Deep. Ed? I played a bit of Werewolf, and I had a lot of fun, but I kind of grew a little tired of it. It kind of got the same. But Cult of the Deep takes that type of hidden role formula and adds a lot of new dynamics with rituals, and I'm trying to curious to play this again. So what a weary eye. I'll dig this up for another <laughs> sacrifice to the old one. <laughs> Mike? It would be hard to feel comfortable in your roles when you play this from game to game because of how different each one of them are and the sets of rituals being different each time, etc. Um, to me, that's a really good thing because it means diverse role-playing opportunities and lots of replayability. So I say dredge it up. Hmm. Evan? Cult of the Deep has a lot going for it, not the least of which it keeps all players occupied throughout the entire game, even on other players' turns, and even after your characters died. So that's always a win for me. On that strength alone, dig it up. I am with Ed on this. There's a lot going on in this game, so much so that I really would have preferred to play this in person. I will dig it up for an in-person play for sure. It was interesting enough to do that. Mm-hmm. If you have thoughts about Cult of the Deep, <laughs> uh, let us know. We are at Witch Game First on Instagram and all social media. You can check out our playthrough of this game on Facebook and YouTube right now. Our last game up this week is Taxi hyphen the Drive As You Please traffic game. <laughs> 
Published by Cell Show and Writer Company, 1960. Number of players, two to four. Ages, for the whole family, of quote course, unquote. Of course, yes. Wake up, Grandma. Yeah, play nothing the game. like dangerous road driving for the whole family. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mikey, tell us. What is in this box? The cover of the box puts you in the middle of a heated car chase where a police officer is hanging out the window of his car, (laughs) pointing and yelling at a taxi driver who is also leaning out the window of his cab and yelling back. (laughs) Despite the speeds at which they are traveling, neither of them seems to be too concerned with the road. (laughs) Inside this ancient box, you'll find a board... Four taxis, four police cars, two wooden dice, 24 passenger rings, and a stack of paper money. And that's what's in the box. At least that we should find in the box. (laughs) We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Seems like there's a story there. (laughs) Well, before we speed on into this review, let's hit the brakes for some rules, Evan. In Taxi, you play the role of a taxi driver whose goal is to pick up passengers and deliver them to the airport. All the while, you have to obey the rules of the road. If you are in violation of the driving laws, then you can become targeted by the police. Now, players control their taxi, plus they control one of the police cars. On your turn, you roll two six-sided dice. You assign one die to your taxi and one die to your police car, but you also have two optional methods for the roll. You can assign both dice to your police car move, or you can take one of your dice, assign it to your taxi, and then double it. But that represents speeding, which is a violation. Whenever you break the law, you become vulnerable to being captured by other players' police cars. Other violations include picking up passengers from the wrong side of the road and going down one-way streets the wrong way. If you're caught by police for violating the law, you lose any passengers in your cab, you go to traffic court, and you pay hefty fines. (laughs) The game ends when there are no more passengers to pick up. The taxi driver with the most money wins the game and is obligated to look in a mirror and say, Are you looking at me? (laughs) Oh, no. Good reference. Nice. (laughs) You looking at me? (laughs) <laughs> oh man yeah yes all right i have well, questions because i didn't get to play so i'm gonna yeah, throw Mike, questions out there we're so sorry you weren't there for this you, you'd have had more <laughs> more negative comments and questions but i'm sure yeah let's talk about the game box that evan actually got okay so <laughs> new you know, meaning when... to the word flat pack <laughs> i saw the picture <laughs> so sometimes Sometimes when you, usually when you buy a game, it comes in a box, okay? And it gets shipped to you in a box, in a box. Well, in this particular version that was available, <laughs> um, <laughs> they they packed it into one of those, uh, what is it? United Postal Service flat pack boxes <laughs> because the box itself was not in its traditional 3D shape. In fact, at, rather, it was broken the box and you got the pieces of the broken box in, yes. in the game so the cover was its own thing but had no sides to it the bottom was its own piece it had tape on it but it wasn't holding anything together anymore the right tape was so you there. got wow. the components of the box as the broken pieces of the box tape so old that it's like dusty and crumbling yeah, it was, <laughs> basically, yeah. <laughs> basically, it had that musty grandma's basement yeah. smell to it when you opened the package, too. <laughs> and unfortunately, maybe one or two or 10 or 20 of the pieces were missing. 
such <laughs> as yeah. you know such such as one of the taxis was missing one of the police cars was missing of course not the same color and 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 the majority of the rings which represent passengers were missing i think we got 3 rings in total out of 24 oh. or something you <laughs> so. guys had an opportunity there you could have got your dungeons and dragons minis out and put well, them on the spots instead it's funny you should mention that mike because of <laughs> course we came up with some substitutes okay uh, we happened to have just at the same day on the same game day that you missed received a game from uh one of our listeners called carnival yeah yes that's right carnival the game and his name's rob palmer's the designer and we'll be talking about that in an upcoming episode right but they came with great minis oh beautiful beautiful meeples and things and they happen to be the same colors that we needed oh awesome like red blue yellow green so we actually had carnival style meeples different imagine the kind of meeples that would come with a carnival and those right. were our drivers that like i'm sorry passengers that we would pick mash up airport <laughs> to the carnival that's right it's right These carnival workers got to get to their next carnival on time it's like when you're at a, a cosplay convention you see you know uh, a stormtrooper you know with a with a wand from harry potter that kind of right thing. yeah <laughs> nice mixed genres all right, yeah. so guys, I there is an opportunity here, obviously, to break the law during this game, right? So plenty of opportunity. Yeah, to break here's the, law. the thing. You know, when the opportunity is there, of course I'm going to take it. It's not just <laughs> unless I don't think you made a move that wasn't breaking the law. Right. I think yeah, I think you only made a legal turn like maybe once or twice, and that was only because there's a cop car right there. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? You know, this is an opportunity to, it's an opportunity to take a, a chance. So yes. naturally, I'm going to take a chance. It's mm-hmm. a game, mm-hmm. right? I wouldn't do that in real life, but it's a game. So I would take that chance. Now, that was basically my whole game. My whole game was you break the law, you go to court. You break the law, you're stuck in court. So I didn't get very far. If you're caught, only if you're caught, you go to court. Well, she. You broke the law several turns. I mean, as a matter of fact, I remember you starting the game breaking the law, and you kept on breaking the law yeah. <laughs> until you got caught, in which case that fines were so heavy that you're basically your game over. Yeah. It, yes. And, and, and it, once I figured out how this game was played, I was rather happy that – I was hoping that I could go broke and get out of the game. <laughs> yeah. You basically – yeah. It's a, it's a, it's, you gambled and, and, you know, all in kind of at, the, at a certain point. Mm-hmm. You risk it all. And because if you get in the hole, like Ed said, you're pretty much too far behind to make, to make any impact. To she have a chance did to it her way. She sure did. <laughs> it was kind of interesting that uh, while you had to worry about breaking the law at the taxi. The police did not care. They they can go over the wrong way on a one way street, no problem. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Of course, they're the police. Cops do as they please, as they said. The the thing, the one thing they couldn't do was speed, which is a um a mechanic, so that they can't get to you fast. No, but you can assign both the dice that you roll to the movement of the police. So that's that's the makeup. That's actually that. a pretty good choice. You know what I yeah. mean? That's a pretty good choice in a game. Like, oh, where am I going to use my dice? Do I really, okay. do I want to catch, you know, Celeste at breaking the law? Or do I want to get my darn passengers to the airport? Mm-hmm. I-, I thought the choice about the dice was the, be- was the best feature of this game. No, no, no. If you can catch Celeste breaking the law, you do it. Because, here's the kicker. Not only does she go to traffic court, she has to pay the police the money. So if you <laughs> caught her 
you get the money. That's how, that's how I got like a big stack of cash because uh, Select gave her all her money basically to me. So it, it sounded like speeding was after you roll the dice, you can choose one of them to double or do you just choose that you're going to double a die and then roll it? You roll your two dice. If you're going to move your taxi, you can either assign one die to it, which means you're going the allowed speed limit, or you can take that die and double it and speed. Okay, if, after you roll, though, right? After you like roll. You say, oh, oh yeah. I got a six, I'm going to double that. Correct. Right. And that, okay. yeah. And, you know, in, there are some cases, especially as the passengers dwindle on the board, and you got to get to the opposite side of that board, which would, if you followed the rules, would take you t- five turns to get there. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't think so. Got to speed. It encourages you to, to break the rules, definitely. I oh, think wow. the most brutal part was the one-way roads out of the airport. Yes, because some of the passengers could only be picked up going the correct direction on those one-way roads. You absolutely had to break the rules and go the <laughs> wrong way to pick that passenger I up. I mean, not necessarily, but you had to go around the whole board just to pick up the passengers. So I guess the goal maybe is to pick up the outside passengers, go into the airport on like the one of the very few two-way roads, mm-hmm. one of the two two-way roads, right, and... And then on your way out, pick up some more and go back around. Yep. Right. And you don't even have the option of break. Once you're on that road into the airport, you don't, you lose the option of speeding. You can no longer choose to speed at that point. You have to just go with, with your roll. Bronx out of the road, by the way. (laughs) And you still roll double, so. Yeah, that's right. You get to go again. Wow. This game wants you to play, Celeste. It's like a game. Hey, Texas. Wow, you are awesome. Get to miss more passengers. (laughs) One, two, three, four, five, six. Whoop-dee-doo. So was there a reason why the different colored passengers, like red, yellow? They were more valuable. Yep. Oh, they had different point values. Yep. Different dollar values for each of them. Gotcha. Which made it a little bit confusing because um, the passenger colors were the same as the player colors in many cases. Yeah. So you're like, uh, and at first I thought, oh, the, those are this person's passengers. They have right. to pick them up. And no, it, they were just a, a way to uh, differentiate the value of the. Uh, gotcha. The, and Mike, there are instances in which you have to get the exact role. Ah, oh, no. To pick up a passenger and for a police to capture. So ridiculous that you have to get the perfect role for that. For picking yeah. up a passenger, why? They loved that back in the day. Exact roles. They just loved it. And it's so terrible. It's the worst. <laughs> it, it, it yeah, the- oh boy. <laughs> what a drag. <laughs> well, at least you didn't need to make an exact role to get to the airport. Oh, no, that's... they allowed that. They, uh, <laughs> they, they... Yeah. Oops, I passed the airport again. I got all the way back around. Let's turn around. Oh, oh, don't violate the, the rules. The, the game would have been so much worse if that was the case. Ugh. I do get exact number to catch violators. That that makes sense. You know, you have to be in the right yeah. place at the right time to catch yeah, a violator. Mm-hmm. But to pick up passengers, why? <laughs> you a, see them and you just, oops, sorry, I'm going too fast. I can't <laughs> yeah. stop. Why can't you slow yourself, hit your brakes and don't go the whole six. Just go yeah. the three you need. Stop and get the passenger. End <laughs> your turn. No. Yeah, end your turn. Speed by. Sorry, roll the six. Bye. <laughs> it's like that in New York, though, for sure. <laughs> Run three or four lanes over and they're trying to like, but they're good. They're good at swerving through four lanes of traffic to get to their passengers. I don't think it's necessarily worth talking about the fact that this game wasn't even in the board game geek database. Oh my wow, gosh! No. We found one. We Are found you one. Are you kidding? Yeah, I'm actually thinking about making an entry for this totally. game because Do of it. it. Absolutely. But uh, because there are a lot of taxi games in the uh, the database when you type in taxi, 
but none of them are this game. Wow. And you put in the exclamation point because it is taxi exclamation point, yes, right? It did. And there is one in there with an exclamation point, oh. but it's not <laughs> this. <laughs> Wait, there's a lot of games about taxis? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You buy it. Yeah, we played wow. one. Yeah, Food we played taxi. Wow, Ed. I mean, Ed, Ed would know. Like, he is a BGG <laughs> yeah. research master. Ed is the archivist, yep. He would, wow. Yeah, totally, Ed. Do that. You got to do it, yeah. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury taxi with an exclamation point. <laughs> the drive-as-you-please traffic game. <laughs> Evan? Okay. Taxi has some interesting game features to it. I like that players get to play both a taxi and a police person. Uh, There's some legitimate strategy in deciding how your dice get used. But the game seems to or actually drags on. Especially because of this need for exact roles. And as passengers dwindle, boy, the drag just gets worse and worse. Not an awful game, but there's better ways to spend one to two hours. Gotta bury it. Ed? The game concept seems decent enough. Pick up passengers and bring them to the airport. Yay! The components do have a little bit of charm to it as well. The, the wooden their car with a little pole where you put the little disc on it seems neat. But after a few turns of playing this game, it kind of left me with the feeling that um, there isn't much point to it. <laughs> so, bury this taxi and find other means to get to the airport. <laughs> uh yeah it's a full stop red light for this game i mean bury it down before you pave over it for a new two-way road to the airport if you have thoughts about taxi the drive as you please traffic game or any taxi game let us know we are at which game first on all social media and that brings us to the end of our show We look forward to hearing about all the game exploring you're doing. If you'd like more perks and content from us, including exclusive full episodes of Which Game First and our every single week patron-only podcast, bonus points, points. then just go to our website and click on Become a Supporter today. Join our chat on Discord. We're there all the time. And patrons get exclusive access to channels. Happy gaming, explorers. Hey, anyone need a taxi? No thanks. Beep beep. Do we have any good taxi accents or? Uh, <laughs> I'm driving here. <laughs> Get out of the way. Get out of the way. Beep beep. <laughs> what else do taxi people say? <laughs> <laughs>